Hola, bienvenidos todos. Um, welcome to another Orgullosamente Outdoors live stream. Uh, my name is Jose Cabello. I'm a volunteer with Latino Outdoors, um, and my pronouns are they, them, ella. Um, in just a moment, I have the great pleasure of uh, talking to Maritza from Somos Familia, which is an organization based out of the Bay Area. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to have them on the stream today. Hi, everyone. Hi, hi, Jose. Hi, Marisa, great to how see are you? you? I'm doing great. Thank you all for having me. Of course. Thank you for being on the call with us today. Um, and so, um, Maritza, as someone from, you, well, we have the great pleasure of having the executive director of Somos Familias here today. Um, for people who are watching, um, what um, what can you tell us about Somos Familia? Yeah, so um, Somos Familia is a community-based organization. We're here in Oakland and serving the Bay Area. And what we do is we support families on their journey to accept their LGBTQ loved ones. Um, and one of the unique things about Somos Familia is that we do this work in Spanish from a cultural center of familia, orgullo, uh, comunidad, um, all of those things that are important to us and using our cultural traditions and our, and our, um, what, what we live every day, the convivencia, right. Um, nice. to do this work together and to build understanding. That's really special. Um, uh, all I can think about is like organizations, like PFLAG, right, that are similar to yours. But what I really love about Somos Familia is, like you said, yeah. you bring that cultura, you bring a lot of um, Spanish resources for families who, for the first time, are coming to understand, um, you know, their queer youth and, like, what that even means and how to navigate that. Um, and so what inspired Somos Familia? What, what created the organization? Yeah, thanks for asking that. So our founders, um, Lauren Mayeno and Mirna Medina, they are moms. Um, they're moms who, had, who have um, queer and trans kids, and they were looking for resources when their kids were younger to really uh, support themselves, support their children, support um, their families um, to understand. And um, to understand the, the identities of their children and to respect them and to have what we all want, right, to feel comfortable in our own families and in our own communities um, as queer and trans folks. And so they started looking around for resources, particularly things in Spanish, things that encompassed um, Latinx culture, and they really didn't find anything that spoke to them. And so what they ended up doing was meeting with other families that were in the um, dealing with the same questions around their children's identities and and forming a group and bringing in queer and trans Latinx folks to support them as well. Um, and that's really the basis of how we continue to do the work of Somos Familia. And I think in the first month or two, they were asked to go to a Catholic church and tell their story on Semana Santa in front of what 
I don't, maybe the number gets bigger every time we tell the story, but like 500 people um, to tell the story of like how they accept their kids. And, um, you know, we're turning, Somos Familias turning 15 years old this year. So if you think about all the way back to 2007, um, that's a big deal, right? <laughs> to go in front of your community um, and talk about this. I think it's still a big deal today for a lot of families. Um, and I just am so grateful that Lauren and Mirna um, started this for us, for, for us, like the whole community. And they're still involved and they're just amazing people that are part of our community. So thank you for asking about that and about them specifically. Of course. Um, I think they just created something really special. And um, I just wish that this was something that was around when I was, you know, a teen. Um, and it sounds like it was, because I, <laughs> I wasn't a teen that long ago. Like, but um, yeah, I just, and I feel like hearing that story um, about them going to the church to talk is, I grew up uh, Catholic myself. And my family would go to church, like, uh, constantly. There was even a time where my family wasn't going to church, and I was going to church um, by myself, going to youth group. And I feel like just at that time, I was looking for a sense of belonging. And I just like feeling really lost and feeling like there were there was no one else like me. Um, and of course, that's not always the case. Um, so yeah, I just think it's really special that there's this group uh, that is helping youth just kind of like navigate those feelings and that loneliness. Yeah, um, I appreciate, sorry, I appreciate you sharing that so much because I feel like that's the exact reason that's, that so many of us are involved with Somos Familia, that feeling of like, I really wish I had this, so I want to build it for the next generation. Um, and that's one of the things I really love about being part of this organization is that we're all here because this means something to us. Um, and it's really like by our comunidad for our comunidad in a way that, um, yeah, I don't, I, I hadn't experienced anywhere else that I had been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. That's really special. Um, and, uh, you've already touched on it a little bit. Um, and we've kind of already been talking about it, but, what are some of the resources or support programs that Somos Familias uh, offers families? Yeah, so I appreciate that y'all, oh, there it is, the link, that y'all put the link below. <laughs> so um, I'll talk about a few things. So the model that Somos Familia uses is around support, education, and leadership, right? So those are the three pieces. In terms of support, we offer support groups. So there's a group for families in Spanish, um, families that have LGBTQ loved ones. It could be parents, it could be siblings, it could be tios and tias, it could be madrinas, padrines. Um, so they all come together to like ask all those questions that sometimes we as queer and trans folks get burdened with answering and we don't necessarily know how to answer it for our families. Um, mm -hmm. And I think um, so they could ask those questions of each other, they could support each other in moments that they find difficult. Um, so we often talk about and hear from parents that, you know, maybe a child comes out to them and they feel like, okay, I can handle this. But then maybe it's like the first time the child brings a, a like boyfriend, girlfriend home, then that's like a different level of handle, like, um, <laughs> understanding. Then maybe they're, you know, 
later on somebody might get married and then there brings up new questions around like who do you invite to the wedding are you fully out to everybody what does it mm. feel like so there's like a lot of coming out just like there are for us as queer and trans folks where every time we meet a new person we you know have to weigh and consider whether we're gonna come out in some way um and i think the same thing happens you know within our families like in every moment. So anyway, sorry, that was a tangent, but just I think a really important lesson that I've learned um, with Somos Familia. So we have a parents group where, you know, all of this is um, discussed and that happens twice a month. Um, and right now it's virtual. So folks anywhere in the world can join. Um, and there's the link. <laughs> um, and then we also have another support group for trans masculine folks that's in Spanish. Um, and I think that's a really unique group that comes together as part of Somos Familia. There aren't really that many resources around trans identities and this particular trans masculine identities in Spanish. Um, and my wonderful colleague, Alex, is building that out um, for us. So uh, I think that's a really important group that meets once a month. And the information is also at that link for Grupo de Pollo Phoenix. Um, so that's one way that we offer support. And then obviously, like if folks need to talk to us one-on-one -on -one as staff, or we can connect them with other folks. I think that's a lot of the time, the way that we bring people in, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, a lot of times folks are not ready to have that conversation to, to, to do what feels like airing out your dirty laundry, right? And having a, a public conversation or talking to a stranger um, about these, these um, identities that you're trying to understand. So we do provide online resources um, that folks can check out. And that ranges from documentaries to animated <laughs> novella that we created. Um, a self-learning site, a podcast. So there's all sorts of things. Uh, the link was up before, but it's up on our website. Um, and we uh, encourage folks if, if those resources would be helpful to you as an uh, individual, as a parent, as a somebody who works in an agency that needs to get more information for working with folks in Spanish, we're here. Um, so those are some ways that we support. And then the third piece that I want to talk about was around leadership, because um, I look at this, what I call the, like, a family's journey to acceptance as like a multiple step process, right? So mm -hmm. a few years back, there was a conversation about tolerance, right? Like tolerating LGBTQ people. And mm -hmm. I think like beyond that, there's accepting, which is what we're asking families to do initially. And then, you know, it's one thing to accept. And then there's another thing to celebrate, right? To like really celebrate queer and trans identities. Um, and on the, you know, end of that spectrum is the leadership and being able to like advocate and go out and, and talk about our rights as LGBTQ people, as Latinx people, as undocumented people, right? Um, mm -hmm. And really be advocates. And so that's the that's the pinnacle of where I want all these families to be, right? Not yeah. not just loving and accepting their kids. We want that for sure. But beyond it, maybe like marching in pride, you know, tell, sharing their story because story, storytelling is such a powerful tool. And then you know, being out there and 
really advocating for our rights. And I will, I'll zip it for a little bit. Thank you for listening to all no, you. <laughs> Um, honestly, like as you're talking, like all these little like talking or like notes are popping up in my head. And uh, a lot of what you've been saying has just like been hitting home because I think it's like, at least from parents, like as a youth, you know, having like Mexican and American parents, it's like, um, acceptance is the bare minimum, you know, it's like, it's that's what you're supposed to do as a parent. Um, and I feel like a lot of the times, you know, queer youth, especially like with their like heterosexual like counterparts, like their siblings, like often don't feel celebrated and don't feel like they're they are being cared for in the same way that their like sibling or cousins or somebody else might be. Um and then another thing you had mentioned too, like about coming out, like that can be really, really exhausting. Um, having to come out constantly, you know, like, and I feel like even my, even in my adult life, I feel like I'm, I have to constantly have to come out. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've been, I've been out and proud since like eighteen. Like I came out to my best friend. Like we came out to each other. Um, or at least oh, I, I came, love that. <laughs> uh, we were both 18 at the time and yeah, just not really knowing where to go from there. And like, how do we even like begin to tell our parents, how do we even start that conversation? Um, and it took me like maybe four more years to find the courage to finally tell my parents. Um, I just remember I was like 21 and I just kept putting it off. I was just like, I can't tell them because so-and-so's birthday is coming. Uh, Christmas is coming. Uh, somebody else's celebration, like someone's getting married. Like I just kept putting it off because I just didn't want to feel like I would be ruining somebody else's like day or event or whatever, you know? And Finally, when I told them, um, I just think it was, it was good. You know, like my parents told me they love me and all that, and which is great. Um, but it's like, where do we go from there? <laughs> it's like, you know, how do we continue to grow together and, you know, to continue that conversation rather than it just ending there? And then, you know, what happens if I do bring somebody home? Um, what then will their, will their, will their reaction be different? You know? So those are just some things that I was thinking about as you were explaining, um, all of that. Yeah. There's, um, there's this, we, one of the ways that, um, we have found it really helpful to, to talk with folks about, um, all of these topics, right, is through documentaries because folks can share their story. And um, our good friend, who's, who's now deceased, Marco Castro Bojorquez, created a documentary called El Canto del Colibri. It's on that resources page um, on our website. And one of the dads talks about how he was like gung ho about his kid. Like he was like, I accept them. Um, and then he saw his son kissing a, another guy. And that was like a 
like another moment and he had to really reflect within himself, like why that was triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think back to that, right? Like the level of acceptance is going to shift sometimes. And then how do we deal with it? How do parents deal with it? And that's why I'm so glad Somos Familia has that space that folks can come and talk about and um, these questions and these feelings that they're having um, together. And I think that what we see is that families, parents will pop in and then like not show up for several months and then come back, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because there's something new that they uh, discovered and want to talk about. And so I I love the fluidity of the space for that reason. Also, I saw that my awesome board member, Mariela, um, put a little heart for us. So I just want to shout them out too. Hi, Mariela. Um, awesome. Uh, I guess my next question kind of has to do within the same topic. Um, sure. kind of, uh, I'm just going to ask it. Ask it. <laughs> um, can, you remember, can you remember a time, uh, where you felt families had a transformative experience? There's so many, um, <laughs> there's so many, uh, moments like that. Um, I'll talk about one that Uh, I mentioned when we were talking before this, um, which I think really connects to the theme for today, which is Latino outdoors, right? Um, So many years ago, (laughs) in a land far, far away called San Leandro, no, just kidding. Um, We, so there's a spot here in the Bay Area where monarch butterflies um, stop on their migration journey. And our group of the parents went there and it's one of the beautiful, I was with them too. So we all went there. Um, And it's this beautiful place where you just see monarch butterflies everywhere, like on the ground, you have to be careful not to step on them in the trees. Um, And it was just such a beautiful experience. One, to be out in nature, to be with these families. We had a, a, a wildlife educator who was telling us all about it and like, we could touch a butterfly. Anyway, it was gorgeous. And the the connections were awesome. And then I remember we walked a little ways further. Um, and we sat down just to eat some snacks together by lake. And the parents had this beautiful conversation just about migration and like how their lives were sort of like these butterflies lives that were like passing through countries and like borders and things like that. And mm. also just the the transformation of, you know, comparing like the, the butterfly life cycle to like trans identities and the different transformations that folks can go through physically, emotionally, mentally, um, in terms of their identities. And it was just for me, like a, a beautiful moment of seeing how nature and the outdoors can really teach us and open up conversations that maybe were, um, would have been different to have without that connection and seeing seeing ourselves as part of the natural world um, and seeing that we're not, humans are not the only ones that are migrating, that are shifting, that are changing. Um, and just, we can learn so much. And I think for that reason, that moment, that outing was really special to me. Um, and I'm happy to share other <laughs> Other times when there's been transformational uh, moments for the families, uh, another one I can remember not related to nature really is um, we had in 2019 um, uh, Encuentro de Familias y Diversidad. So 
a gathering of families that came together from around the state to just learn together, be together, um, for their LGBTQ youth to be together in Spanish, doing all this work together to learn. And just the, the transformations we saw in individual families, um, in folks' energies to get together, to do this more, to advocate together was really amazing and gorgeous. And yeah, thank you for asking that. Cause I feel like sometimes we don't think about the, the victories and the, the lives that are, that are impacted by the work. Yeah, it can be very easy sometimes to just kind of be in that headspace where it's just like you're in event planning mode um, and you often don't get to kind of take a step back and to reflect and look on what's like unfolding right in front of you. Yeah. Um, and I think that story is really beautiful because there's just like, there's so much to unpack and so much symbolism there, you know, because it's like you have different stories of uh, varying like adversity from like their parents like migration story to like the struggle the struggle that trans and queer youth face um, as they're undergoing this metamorphosis into themselves they're becoming themselves um, and I just think that's that's very touching and I th think that's just like absolutely beautiful I think that's incredible that. The families got to experience that together. Yeah, it was a it was a beautiful moment, um, and I think just to to go back one conversation topic for a second mm -hmm. to just talk about why you know we talk about like the Im the impact on our individual lives as queer and trans folks of, of being accepted and not feeling different within our own families and communities and and having that that celebration of us, right? Yeah. Uh, be part of our families, but really, really at the base level of why acceptance is, is so important. Like even a little bit, you don't have to be a family that marches in pride parade that like wears a rainbow flag everywhere they go or a trans flag. Right. Yeah. Um, but just the, the bare minimum, like you said, <laughs> is acceptance. And the reason that that's really important is because the, it's been linked to actual health outcomes in terms of depression, in terms of um, suicide rates and things like that. So I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that and, yeah. you know, for this not to be like, we want you to support us because we're human beings in your family, but really like the, the impact that family members and community members can have on the lives, particularly of youth um, is really a matter of life and death. And so I just wanted to bring it back to that and really share um, the importance. Yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. Acceptance is a step in the right direction. Um, and yeah, like you said, like it can be like life or death, um, for some youth. And I think that is definitely something that should be acknowledged. Um, whew, I got a little heavy. I know. I know. I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to bring it to the suicide, but it's real yeah. and, and we need to talk about it. Yeah. We need to talk about the, the state of mental health of our people. Right. And it's not great right now. So um, we need to be out here shedding all the love and affection and celebration on our queer and trans yeah. youth. And ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? Is like, we just want our family to love us for who we are 
and not to see us as anything different than that, you know? Um, whew, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I brought us down. No, it's okay. That's, you know, that's how these conversations go. You know, they're not always sunshines and rainbows. Um, but I do want to ask, um, what other projects have come out of um, Somos Familias? Like, if yeah, not, then maybe um, other members. Yeah, I wanted to specifically talk about uh, this wonderful project that our board member, Pal, and his family have been working on um, called en, en Esos Tiempos, right? And it's Pal and his family really thinking about and talking in the way that, you know, we might talk at our kitchen table with our families, right? Um, talking about their story of acceptance, of love, of celebration, um, talking about how they are learning from each other. Um, and really the title in Esos Tiempos is like how things have changed, right? How things were back in um, the time when they were growing up back in Mexico, versus how things are now and really like how they've changed as people, what they've learned. Um, and what I love is that they will discuss things like, um, you know, legislation that is being imposed upon uh, queer and trans youth around the country um, and things like that. And so these are the conversations that I know many of us queer and trans folks wish that we had at our own kitchen tables. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just really happy that they're having it and that they're having it in a way that we could all listen in and learn as well. Um, and they also have like their own little special thing. So like Pal's mom, Susie, does a horoscope for us every time. Yeah. So we can hear our uh, horoscopos con Susie. Um, and Pal's dad... Um, Leon, Leo does um, like a, a thought to meditate on, right? So at the end, they each give us a little bit of their personal interests and things that they love to do. So we get to know them as well. And so they've done, I think, about 20 episodes that um, of the podcast. It's on our on our website as well um, in the blog section. And it's just a great thing to listen to. It's in Spanish, so you could listen to it with your families. Um, it might not speak English or prefer to listen to things in Spanish. And I'm just really, really um, want to celebrate their work and what they're doing because it's groundbreaking. Who podcasts with their parents? No one. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> I'm so happy to hear that that um, exists, that that's here. Um I'm definitely going to be checking out the podcast and taking a listen. Um, awesome. Is there anything upcoming uh, that Somos Familia is preparing for or anything exciting coming up within the org? Yes. The very exciting 15-year anniversary, our quinceañera, which we're not calling it that because it's a patriarchal <laughs> um, <laughs> tradition and we're not, um, you know, it's it's you know, anyway, so not a quinceanera, but our 15 year anniversary <laughs> where we'll all wear dresses. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so that's coming up to celebrate the wonderful work that Lauren and Mirna started back in 2007. And as part of that campaign, we'll be having maybe our 
first large-ish in-person event. Um, large-ish. <laughs> um, and we also have um, a campaign going to asking folks to donate $15 for our 15 years of work in the community um, through Give Out Day. And so Give Out Day is a national LGBTQ giving day uh, mm -hmm. where nonprofits are competing against each other to get the largest number of donors, right? So what that means is that um, we would love for somebody to give $100, but if 10 people give $10, that counts more towards that goal of getting the you know, larger number of donors. Yeah. Um, and the reason we want to do that is because there are cash prizes to be won. Um, and we all know as individuals and maybe also folks who are, work at organization that money has not been the easiest thing to come by these days. So yeah. um, if folks are interested in supporting our work, helping us celebrate 15 years of unconditional love in our community, um, we'd love for you to participate in that way. And um you can also just sign up to get information from us on our website. There's a uh, get involved page. And we would just love to, for anyone who's interested in this work, wherever you are, to reach out because we're here. And um, yeah, help us get the word out. Every time I meet somebody new that hasn't heard of us before, they're like, I wish I knew about this, right? Like you said that too, Jose. I wish I knew about this back in the day. So help us get the word out. Tell everyone you know <laughs> that this is here because um, the resources are few and far between and we're doing our best to to make things that our community needs by us and for us. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and of course, um, and this is the reason why I decided to organize Orgullosamente Outdoors and to reach out to organizations such as yours. Um, is to get that word out, is to let people know that these resources and these organizations exist. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping that people are now aware and will pass the word along and can reach out for those resources. Um, Maritza, I just want to say thank you again for joining us. Um, and I am so appreciative. And I have just really enjoyed this conversation and hearing those stories. Um, and I hope to continue having these kinds of conversations um, beyond the month of June, because Pride doesn't just end in June. It's 365 days of the year. That's it. Thank you so much, Jose. And thank you for sharing your story. Um, you know, we talk, we always talk about how storytelling is so, so important and it's what opens hearts and minds. And so you sharing your experience means so much. And um, I'm just so grateful for this space and I'm so grateful to have this community of Latino outdoors. So yes, let's keep the conversation going. <laughs> yeah. Muchas Happy gracias. Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>